Well, good morning, Community of Grace. Good to be with you today. Good morning also to those of you who may be watching our live stream or recorded version of this today. We hope the Lord's presence is felt by you as we are together in God's community, a community of grace right here at Community of Grace. Uh, well, friends, uh, you know what time of year it is. I mean, you've already heard some of what time of year it is, but you all really know what time of year it is, right? It's time to eat some turkey. Yeah? <laughs> Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving's coming. So I got a couple of questions for you as we come into Thanksgiving season. Who here is hosting Thanksgiving at your home? Raise your hand. Awesome, okay. Who here is going to somebody's for Thanksgiving? Excellent, a lot of hands there. All right, those who are hosting, hold your hands up one more time. Who has no place to go for Thanksgiving? Look around you, <laughs> quick, before the hands go down. <laughs> Oh, no, it's good to host. It's good to be going someplace. We are hosting Thanksgiving for the first time uh, at our home this year. It's really a blessing to have family that's nearby, and we can have everybody come over and be at our house for Thanksgiving this year. So that's a, a special blessing to have a lot of people coming over to be at our table. We'll, let me uh, ask you a couple other questions related to Thanksgiving dinner, though, and uh, the whole experience. Uh, some people are turkey people. Some people are like, you know what? I really don't like turkey, but I tolerate it a little bit. So tell me, raise your hand if you're a real big turkey person. Yeah? Yep. Okay, now put those hands down. Now be brave. If you're not a turkey person, raise your hand too. There we go. See? There's always a few. You know, they're hoping for the ham. They'll just take an extra scooping of stuffing or potatoes or get a little extra green bean casserole. I get it. You know, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, speaking of, of green bean hot dish or green bean casserole, you know, everything else is a hot dish, but we still call it green bean casserole. I mean, that's, I don't know. So anyway, if you're a green bean casserole fan, raise your hand. Who would really prefer not to have the green bean casserole? <laughs> yep, yep, see, see. How about, uh, how about cranberries? Who likes cranberries? <laughs> Excellent. Okay, who doesn't like cranberries at all? Yeah, I knew there'd probably be a few more of those, but you know, the cranberry fans, you're the ones who like it when it kind of comes out of the can with that special sound, you know? Shork. <laughs> Just comes right out there. Yeah, exactly. Still holds the shape of the can. Yeah. That's the way to have cranberries right there. Okay, how about uh, we all like pie, but who likes pumpkin pie? Who would like anything else but pumpkin pie? Yeah, exactly. Yep, that's why we always have a lot of different pie, right? Got to have a lot of different pie to share. And then finally, who's going to have the football game on? Okay, yep. Who's not going to have the football game on? Who doesn't even know that there is a football game on? Yep. All right, yeah. There we go. Yes, everybody's got their different traditions and different ways of being together there, but it's just a joy to be at the table. And you know, that's what we've been talking about over these last couple of weeks here at Community of Grace. It's about Jesus at the table. It's a part of a bigger sermon series that we've been working our way through the entire fall called Jesus at Home. But in particular, we're talking right now about Jesus at the table, and it makes sense, doesn't it? Jesus spent a lot of time at the table. He had a lot of guests at the table. He was invited to a lot of tables. That's just the story that we follow through and see how Jesus related to people at the table. And that's what we want to do today is to continue that journey. And we do it through the Bible. Now, if you have your Bible with you today, I really want to encourage you to take it out, have it available for you, open up to Luke chapter 14. If you don't have a Bible, the ushers are coming up the aisle right now with a stack of them. Just raise your hand. They'll be happy to pass one over to you. We're going to be looking at a significant passage of scripture here today. All of them are significant, but this one's a little bit lengthy. And uh, I want you to be able to follow along as we work our way through this. <clears throat> This is a story from Luke chapter 14. It's got a lot of different pieces to it, but you're going to see there's a thread that goes all the way through these stories about Jesus at the table. So if you've got your Bibles open to Luke chapter 14, we're going to start reading at verse 1. So just follow along with me as I read. 
One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisee and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. Then he asked them, if one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And they had nothing to say. When Jesus noticed how the guests picked places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come to you and say, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servants, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Today is a special Sunday on the church calendar. For those of you who maybe were raised in a Roman Catholic or Lutheran home, this is the day that we celebrate what's called Christ the King Sunday. You know that? Maybe you didn't. That's okay. Christ the King Sunday, it's the last Sunday of the liturgical calendar, which is the calendar that we work through all the different seasons of the year. And, uh, and some of you are familiar with little signposts along the way in that season. There's Christmas, that's kind of a big time of the year, right? And there's Easter, obviously that's a really big important time of the year. But there are other things that lead up to these things or are a part of these things that all make together a rich calendar telling the whole story of Jesus. And Christ the King Sunday, which is today, is that last Sunday when we celebrate and honor the fact that Jesus is king. 
He is king. He is king of our lives. He is ruler. He is master. We submit our lives to him. And he rules over us. And we also anticipate the fact that someday Jesus will return. And he will return as king. And when he returns as king, he will set everything right. Everything that is broken in this world will be made right and made new. Because Jesus is king. And we celebrate him and honor him. And walk in respect and a little bit of fear and trembling before him. Because he is the king. And that's the proper attitude to have before the king. Now, what does this have to do with his story? Well, Jesus is king. He's king all the way through this story. He knows who he is, but others are still not quite so sure. But Jesus knows who he is. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And the biggest question that haunts us throughout the Gospels is what kind of a king is he? What kind of a king is Jesus? And that's where this story comes into play. Jesus has been invited to the home of a very prominent, very influential Pharisee. Now, when you hear a story about Pharisees, if you've been in the church for a while, you may be familiar with that term. If not, that's okay. Pharisees were really, really religious people. Okay? They were very, very religious. They did all the rules. They followed all the rules. The rules were very, very important. And as a result of following the rules, they felt pretty good about themselves. Now, in this particular story, we have a very influential Pharisee. So he's probably at the top of the heap. He's got a lot of friends. He's got a lot of other Pharisees who like to be with him and around him. And he invites Jesus to be with them. Well, that's interesting. Why would he invite Jesus? Because Jesus is influential too. Jesus has started to develop a following. People are coming from all around to hear Jesus speak. They're meeting on the mountainside. They're meeting on the plain. They're meeting by the side of, the, of Lake Galilee. They are meeting to hear Jesus preach and teach. He's got a following and a lot of influence. And so he is invited by this Pharisee to come to his table and share a meal with him and all these other influential people in the community. And Jesus accepts. And now Jesus is on his way to join this banquet celebration with all of these other highly influential people in the community. And as he walks up to the door, he sees someone. He sees someone that apparently nobody else is seeing. He sees a man who is suffering. He sees a man who is certainly not on the influential side of the circle. He is not an insider at all. He would be an outsider. He has some type of a disease that is very obvious. It has him swollen up, looking very pained, looking very awful probably to those who would come around and see him. It's not a good thing, and others are not seeing him. They're walking right on by. So Jesus comes right to this home and there is this man. And he has a question for the rule followers. He says, you know what? Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? This was a Sabbath meal that he was being invited to. And the rule keepers would be very, very clear about that rule. No, we don't do things like that on the Sabbath. We don't work on the Sabbath. We don't heal on the Sabbath. We don't walk on the Sabbath. We make sure that our meals are already prepared in advance for the Sabbath. We honor the Sabbath. 
He can be healed some other time. Now that conversation probably would have been a conversation that Jesus would have had with them anyway, but now he's doing it in the presence of somebody who needs healing. Somebody who they aren't seeing. And after asking them this question in the presence of this man who is in pain, who is clearly on the outside, the Pharisees are speechless. So Jesus takes hold of the hands of this man, prays for him, and heals him, and sends him on his way. I'm sure to the astonishment of all who are watching. And then he turns back to them again and says, Look, if one of you had a child or an oxen who fell down a well on the Sabbath, you'd pull them out, right? And still they say nothing. So now Jesus walks in. He has seen this man outside. He's seen the reaction of those who were there. But now he's seeing something else. He's seeing the way the people are coming to be seated at the banquet. He's looking around the room, and he's seeing that there's a pecking order, a pecking order amongst the Pharisees, those who are the most influential, perhaps the wealthiest, perhaps the best known or most honored and respected. They would be expected to sit at the place closest to the host, be honored in those places right up at the front, at the top. These tables would be long and winding sometimes. There'd be a lot of different spots. And it could wind its way even through a home and be coming down to lower places and higher places. They're all wrapped around there and people would be coming in to have a seat. And Jesus noticed that people are taking the prime seats. You know, I grew up in a home, and I'm wondering how many of the rest of you did, that grew up in a home that at Thanksgiving, you had two tables. Right. You know where I'm going. You had the grown-up table. And then you had the kids' table. And it was pretty clear you were either at the grown-up's table or you were at the kids' table. Now, when you are a little kid, you didn't care. I want to be around the other little kids. But when you got to be about, oh, 10, 11, maybe 12, you start thinking, I really don't want to be at the little kids' table anymore. So maybe you do like I did. You know, you try to kind of sneak up to the adult table as people are taking their seats. Kind of ease your way on into a chair. Sit there real quietly and see if anybody notices. <laughs> sure enough, someone would come by and say, Oh, great, good to see you, Darren. Your place is over at that table over there. You make your way back over to that table and hope that the next year maybe it will be your turn. Yeah, there's a pecking order there too. Well, there was a pecking order in the culture. This is the way that it worked. The most influential got the best seats in the house. Now, Jesus is among them and is looking around to see who is taking these seats. And he realizes that in a culture like this, a culture that is built around honor and shame, to be honored is the highest aspiration of anyone and to be shamed is the most disgraceful thing you can do. To be shamed in this culture can affect everything. It can affect your business, your family. All of it can be affected if you are publicly shamed and humiliated. <clears throat> so it's important to not be. And how do you make sure? Well, you come in with the humble heart. That's what Jesus says. Don't look for the high table. Don't look to get as close to the host as you can. Because somebody might come along who's more influential than you. And then you're going to get asked to go sit at the little kid's table. 
Instead, sit down in the lowest place and wait for the host to come to you and say, oh, my friend, come, sit with me. I have a place set just for you. And it plays into exactly what Jesus wants to share then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So Jesus sees the pecking order. Jesus saw the man at the door who was left on the outside. And now Jesus sees something else. Jesus sees who's not at the table. He looks around at the table and sees that the only people who are here are the wealthy and those who are of high influence and of high status within the community. They all hang together. But who's not there? The poor. Those in need. Those who don't get invited to the parties. Who are always left on the outside. And Jesus says something that's pretty strong. He says, listen, if you're hosting a banquet, don't invite your friends and your relatives and your rich neighbors. Instead, go and invite the poor and the lame and the crippled and those in your community who need a place at a table. Now, is Jesus saying that you should ever have dinner with your friends and family? No. He's speaking in hyperbole here, but he's driving the point home really clear. Look around. This table that he sees is filled with nothing but the elite of the community. And everyone else is being left aside. And Jesus says, yeah, it's really easy to love those who love you back. It's really easy to be generous towards those who you know are going to give you something generous back, right? It's easy to go to the gift exchange when you know everybody's going to buy a nice gift for everybody else. But it's not the same when you give something away with no expectation of anything in return. That's truly what it is to be blessed. It's truly a blessing when you share that blessing with someone else with no expectation that it's ever going to come back to you. That's what it is to be blessed. It's to look for those who you can bless in the community and say, I bless you because I love you and God loves you too. So receive this blessing, no strings attached. It's not about me, it's about you. Jesus is making his point clear. He sees who's missing at the table, and he wants that table to be full. And now he sees something else. He sees that they're missing the point of those who are at the table. Because one of them speaks up at the table, and you can imagine it's that awkward silence where Jesus is saying, you know, you've got all these other people around the table. Don't invite these people next time. Invite the poor, the lame. Have them at this table. Then you will be blessed. And in the awkward silence, one of the Pharisees says, <clears throat> well, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And they all would have looked around and said, hey, uh, 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 it's good stuff. Uh. And you can just see Jesus kind of shaking his head. So Jesus goes into another story. A pretty uncomfortable story because it's a story that's illustrating exactly what's happening in the room. So a certain wealthy, influential person was hosting a banquet. <laughs> 
And he went out and sent invitations for all the best people in the community to come and join him at his banquet. And when everything was set and ready to go, he sent out his servant to go, all is ready, come now to the feast and enjoy it with me here. And one after another, those people started to come up with excuses to not come. One's getting married. It's okay, Tim. <laughs> Tim Orff got married yesterday, for those of you who are wondering. But one of them comes up with the excuse, ah, no, I'm sorry, I, I can't make it. I've got this. Oh, I've got a new team of oxen. I've got to go train them out. I've got to go work on them. Everybody comes up with an excuse. All of these influential people are not accepting the invitation of this influential man. And so he looks at his servant again, and he's, he's upset. He's like, okay, fine. If none of them are going to come, then go out into the streets and bring everybody here. Who do you see out there who doesn't have a place? Bring him in. Invite him to come and sit at my table. And the servant says, we've already done that. We've gone out to in invite as many of them as we can to be here. And there's still room. And the master says, well, then go out to the furthest places you can go. Go out to the highways and the byways. Find people there and compel them to come in so that my house can be full. Jesus is driving home an incredibly important point. And that's that God wants his table full. And there is no difference in who he invites. He invites everyone. He invites everyone to be at his table. Because he wants his table full. The Lord wants to see every seat filled at his table. That's his desire. It's been his desire all along. Ever since we broke relationship with him, ever since through our failures and our sin, we built separation between us and God, he has been working to get us back to his table, to be back in fellowship with him. And that's why he sent Jesus to live a perfect life, to die a death, to pay the price for all of our sins so that we can have a place at the table. God wants his table full. And Jesus is the king of kings. And the kind of king he is is not the one who sits on high and says, I'm only here for the elite. I'm only here for the special people. I don't want to be touched or spend time with, with the lower people. Not Jesus. The kind of king Jesus is is the king who comes and takes the lowest place, sits among those who are in the greatest need, and says, I am here for you. I welcome you to my table. Friends, the message is clear, and it's the same message that comes to us today. Some of you are hosting Thanksgiving. Some of you are going to Thanksgiving. And it's easy to look at our table and see who's going to be there. We know who we've invited. It's good. We've invited friends and family. That's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with having friends and family at your table. But is there room? And will you make room for somebody else? 
to join you at your table? We've had this ongoing tradition in my family, and it's not because my family's so great, but it's just something we've become used to, and I'm glad, and that's that there's almost always on Thanksgiving somebody at the table who we don't recognize. That's just been our practice. It's been hosted at my brother's home for many years. Now it's going to be hosted at our home. And the practice is simple. If you've got a coworker who doesn't have any place to go on Thanksgiving, invite him. We don't want anybody to be left out on Thanksgiving. Come on over. There's a place at the table. Come and chat with us. Come and hang out with us. Come and find out how really weird the Vicks are. <laughs> but come. Come and hang out. Just be a part of the family. We'll make room. We'll make room. That's the heart of the Father towards you. Towards everyone who is in this room and towards everyone who is standing on the outside, wondering whether or not they have a place here or not. There is a place for you here. And it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your socioeconomic status is. It doesn't matter what your politics are. It doesn't matter any of those things. If you are a human being, you have an invitation to his table because Jesus wants you at his table. He has paid the price for the banquet so that you can be a part of this feast. And he wants the table full What happens when we open up the table? What happens when we make room in our hearts and room at the table for people to come in? Lives are transformed. Lives get transformed. I met someone last week for the first time. Came up to me after the service and introduced herself to me. Just wanted to let me know who she was and to say, hey, you know what, I've been, I've been coming to this church now for uh, several years, but I, I just want to let you know why I came. I, I came to this church because the first time I came here, not only was I welcomed and there were a lot of joyful people here, but, but you guys were doing outreach. I saw the things that you were doing in the community. I saw the way that you were, you were opening up your place for the homeless and you were serving at the food shelf. You were doing these things. You were busy looking to bless people around you. And that really touched me. And I'll tell you why. Because I was a single mom. And I remember how hard it was to be a single mom trying to raise my kids. And I remember how hard it was to pay for diapers. And she said, you know, and now I come in and I see this big stack of diapers over here by the door. And it reminds me of God's love. It reminds me of, of the heart that he shows in and through this place. He says, and you know what, Pastor Darren, you know what I'm going to do right after church? I'm going to Costco. And I'm going to fill up a cart with diapers to bring them back. That's blessed to be a blessing. That's sharing from what it is that we have that has been given to us, not because we've earned it, but simply because we've been invited and accepted the invitation. The invitation is for you and for everyone, for those on the outside and on the inside. There is no difference. There is no high or low table in God's kingdom. The table is flat, just like the ground at the foot of the cross. It doesn't matter who you are. You come to Jesus and we're all in this together.
every one of us a broken sinner, every one of us in need of a savior, and everyone looking for some place to belong. You belong at his table. And when you know you belong at his table, you can make room for somebody else at that table too. So I want to challenge you as we make our way out. There's places that we need to make room. Perhaps it's at your home. Perhaps you just need to call up somebody at the place that you're going and just say, hey, um, do you mind if I bring along somebody? I'm willing to bet they'll say, sure, absolutely, we'll make a place. I'm expecting it's going to happen at my house in a couple of days. Or maybe you are somebody who's looking for some place to go. There are people here who would be delighted to have you at their table. And it might feel awkward to go and ask someone. But please don't feel awkward because we are a church that wants, to know, wants you to know that you have a place at God's table here at Community of Grace and in our homes. So make room at your table. Ask for room at someone else's table to bring someone. And then I want you to think forward to as we come into our Project Home. Project Home gets started in December here at Community of Grace and goes all the way through the beginning of January. For a full month, we'll be opening up our building to homeless populations in our community to come in and have a safe, warm place to sleep and be with their families, to share a meal together. And they need some hosts. And they most especially need some overnight hosts. There's a calendar that, that Denise has that she's marking off. Denise Quebec, who's in our front office here, she's marking off the calendar to fill in the dates and the times when people need to come and the spots that we need to fill. There are a lot of empty spots, folks. A lot of empty places. There's room for you to sign up on that list so that you can host and make room for somebody else in your home, in this home in God's house, at his table. So think about what it is that you want to do in response to God's word. But don't walk away feeling guilty. Walk away knowing that you have been invited to the table first, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done. You have a place at his table now and always, don't miss out on the king's invitation. Don't miss out on that invitation today. If you are someone who has never responded to that invitation of the king, the one who looks out across the room and says, I want you at my table. I want you to hear the voice of Jesus today when he says, come, all you that are weary and heavy laden, Come and find rest. Come and find hope and peace at my table. If that's you, don't leave this place until you've had a chance to talk with someone. To say, I just, I just want a place at God's table. And let someone pray for you so that you can become a part of this family that always has an open spot at its table for you. And with that, let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that in your abundant love and the overwhelming, overwhelming favor that you have shown on each one of us, you have invited us to your table, a table that begins on this side of eternity and continues on through the rest of eternity, a place with you in the place that you have prepared for us, Lord, since before the beginning of time. Lord, we are grateful. We are thankful. And we know that we didn't earn it ourselves. So out of that gratitude, Lord, we offer to you our table. And say, Lord, fill our table with whoever it is that you desire to come. Give us boldness, Lord, to see those around us and not be blind to the needs that are there. Not be blind to our, to our own Lack of humility, Lord. But to humbly look for those who need to come into relationship with you and who need a place to belong and a place to feel welcome. Lord, you can do that through each of us, no matter how big our table is. There's room for one more. Give us hearts that see the one more and invite them to be with us at your table, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.